0: What then was the significance of September the 11th for the United States and its standing within the world?
1: I think there's two questions there. There's the significance of September the 11th for the United States in terms of the way its political leadership and its military leadership saw some of the issues and potential threats in the wider international arena. The Clinton administration had been exercised by al-Qaeda attacks on American interests since at least the mid-1990s. Clinton was personally very exercised by the issue of, as as he saw it, the potential coming together of weapons of mass destruction and non-state actors. So that was on the radar of American policymakers, both political and military, prior to 9-11, but it wasn't regarded as high order. Business, other things were regarded as much more important. To give one very particular example, there were many discussions about going after Al Qaeda in Afghanistan prior to two thousand and eleven, and they they never got anywhere. Even after Al Qaeda attacks on uh, American naval vessel off waters off Yemen, and the reason why they never got anywhere is because the higher order business was keeping Pakistan on side. And it was always argued that if you intervened in Afghanistan, this would in a sense be proxy war against Pakistan because prior to 9-11, Pakistan was one of the only countries that recognized the Taliban government in, in Afghanistan. So the United States prior to 9-11, as it were, saw al-Qaeda and other forms of, of terrorism of that kind as a problem, but it was not regarded as the kind of the high order geopolitical business. Nine eleven changes that overnight.
0: And the Taliban were the, com- were the government of running Afghanistan who gave al-Qaeda safe haven, who yes. allowed them to organize their attacks from that yes,
1: uh, territory. Yes, that, that, that's correct. So 9-11 changes that assessment. It suddenly puts what had been recognized as a problem to the, to the very top of the political agenda. Prior to that point, the Bush administration had been primarily concerned with modernizing the American military triad, national missile defense, the revolution of military affairs. They'd been concerned about the rise of China. They'd been concerned about the turn of politics and geopolitics in Russia. So they'd been looking as it were at kind of great power, traditional geopolitical issues. So 9-11, as it were, changes the assessment I think it also changes things in that it gives particular groups in the United States, the neoconservatives and some of the nationalist right, an opportunity to influence foreign policy that I think it's hard to see that they would have really got such a strong hearing at the highest levels without such a dramatic and and catastrophic event as that.
0: Uh, And that dramatic and catastrophic event was one in which the US lost more people in a domestic incident than ever before putting aside Indian wars and things like that and uh, the civil war. And so the magnitude of the event galvanised the United States in a way that most people perceived would happen and uh, no doubt might have been intended in that way by the people who mounted the attacks. After September 11th, can you tell us the ways in which the foreign policy of the George Bush administration differed from that of the George Herbert Walker Bush Bush's father, who was president from 1989 to 1993, and Bill Clinton, who was president for eight years after that. You mentioned that there was a a reaction and that there was a move to the right to impose American interests in response to September 11th. But what are the particular differences from the Bush? Was it entirely reactive to September 11th or was there a, a desire on the part of the United States to go on the offensive after September 11th?
1: I don't think it was entirely reactive. I think there was an important element of offensive intent in it and it's not accidental that the president characterised it as war. I think it's important to remember that. In what ways did the administration of George W. Bush differ from those uh, those earlier ones that you, you spoke of? Well, I think the emphasis on the United States' military power as a tool for dealing with certain foreign policy problems was a significant difference. Iraq had been a long-standing problem for the United States for all those previous administrations. As I've already mentioned, the issue of non-state actors and the like was on the radar. But there hadn't been, at the kind of highest level, serious attention to sustained use of military force to as it were resolve those problems so that's clearly a shift the, the focus to the to the idea that america's military power might actually be the solution to these problems a second thing i think that was distinctive was to to see the conflict that as it were materialized or was dramatically kind of rendered visible by 911 in terms of a conflict over values and ideas that so this was not simply about defeating militarily particular antagonists or deposing a particular uh, leadership and regime in, in the case of Iraq. It was actually about a broader struggle to reorder key parts of the world in ways that were kind of more conformable to more consonant with the liberal democratic market capitalist order of the West of which the United States is the emblematic and most powerful component. So that conjunction of the idea that military power could be a solution with, in a sense, a reassertion of the universality of American values as a solution to problems of international order I think was distinctive. And some of the things that, are, that is, were often characterized as part of the Bush doctrine in a sense follow from that, the unilateralism, the focus on, as it were, dealing with problems before they materialize rather than waiting until people come and you know, break down your door the, and so on. And there's something else which I think is important, which I think will be a a fairly durable legacy, which is one of the things that Bush did, influenced in part by the neoconservative and nationalist right in the United States, was to strongly link foreign policy to domestic politics in a way that both the Clinton and and Bush administrations, the, the other administrations that you mentioned, didn't really do. Those administrations tended to treat foreign policy as very much a matter of elites um, and not to engage the public directly. And one of the innovations of Bush, which I think will survive his presidency, is that you can't make now foreign policy in the United States over the heads of the American people. And one of the things that the – I mean Bush did that in a particularly partisan way, of course. But one of the things that the the neoconservatives latched onto was – If you want to mobilise the power of the United States externally, you need to mobilise the political society domestically as well so that you cannot conduct these kinds of, as were, expensive and demanding in terms of lives and material kind of campaigns without popular support. Clearly, that popular support now is very problematic in the United States, but the fact of the link between domestic policy and international politics won't change. That link has been kind of reforged in a really strong way. And it may be that it will turn around, that because of domestic opposition, foreign engagement becomes difficult, but there will still be a link, whether it's kind of positive or negative, between those two dimensions.
0: And that is a significant legacy of September 11th. Yes. It's placed America in the world, and it's people in the world in a way that sometimes has not been the case in the past. Yes, absolutely. the open university for more information go to www.open.edu/itunesu